Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are continuing our all 32 NFL team previews for the upcoming 2023 fantasy football season. Today, we are beginning our stay in the NFC North with the Minnesota Vikings. Now, on paper, this may seem like a fairly predictable offense, but they've got a lot of very intriguing players for fantasy purposes that I think there's a lot of difference in where they're valued in the industry right now. There's a lot of players the opinion is not very consistent on, and so we're going to break it down, and we're going to tell you where you should be drafting these Vikings players in the 2023 season in redraft, dynasty, and best ball leagues. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, please hit the like button and please subscribe. It really helps me out a lot, shows me a lot of support, and I really appreciate it. If you're listening to the podcast on audio form, please rate and review. Same deal. It really helps me out. I really appreciate it. Now, we're going to be talking about best ball drafts here on this show. If you want to try out best ball, I recommend doing so on Underdog. You can use my promo code mconley 88 to get your first deposit matched up to $100. Links in the description on YouTube and is also pinned to my Twitter profile at Mike's Money Picks. All right, so... All that being said, let's go ahead and get started with the breakdown on the Minnesota Vikings. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. In 2022, the Minnesota Vikings had a very successful offense. They ranked 7th in the league in yards per game and 8th in the league in points per game. In terms of play calling, they were on offense quite a lot last season. They ranked 6th in the NFL in total plays, and they ranked 3rd in total pass plays. So this team had the ball, and when they had it, they were throwing it. Now, I also think it's important to note they ranked 30th in rush rate, meaning out of all the teams in the league, the percentage of plays that were runs, they ranked 30th. So obviously, you can inverse it for the pass rate. They were 3rd overall in pass rate. The high passing volume that this team exhibited could directly be caused by an inordinate amount of close games that this team was in. I, b- I believe they played 14 one-possession games last season. And, you know, when all these games are coming down to the last two minutes and everybody's running two-minute drills, yeah, you're going to get more snaps. You're going to get more plays, which, you know, in that point in the game, they're going to be pass plays. So it, it isn't exactly shocking to me that this team did have a high number of plays or a high number of pass plays. Now, I do think it is worth noting that this is also their first season over head coach Kevin O'Connell, who had been a bit of a QB whisper in his time as an offensive coordinator, and he continued to do so in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins had a great season. Kirk Cousins finished 2022 as quarterback 7 overall and quarterback 11 in fantasy points per game, which equaled his best finish as a Viking. That dates all the way back to 2018. Now, Kirk ranked 4th in the league in pass attempts and passing yards and 3rd in the league in air yards. So the bottom line for Kirk Cousins heading into 2023 is Kirk Cousins, to me, is in the low-end QB1 or high-end QB2 territory. I expect his production for the 2023 season to be very similar to last season. Maybe you might see a slight regression in volume because of maybe they're just not in as many close games. They're not in as many obvious passing situations. But I do think that the Kevin O'Connell offense has been good for his career. I think he's got a great core of weapons to throw to. And I think you can expect similar low-end QB1 to high-end QB2 production for Kirk Cousins. And honestly, I think it's a testament to how deep the quarterback position is. Kirk Cousins is my quarterback 13 for 2023. I would have no problems drafting him to be a starting quarterback, especially in a best ball league where you probably have Hawkinson or Addison or uh, Justin Jefferson, and you can just easily stack Kirk Cousins with him and make that your QB1. I, I have no problem with that strategy. I've done that in quite a few leagues where I've had the first overall pick and taken Justin Jefferson. Spoiler alert for the rest of the show. Um, now, with where I have Cousins ranked, Cousins, in my opinion, is right behind Tua Tagovailoa and Daniel Jones, and he is right ahead of Anthony Richardson. All those guys, 
probably Kirk might be the last one that I would feel super confident drafting to be my starting quarterback in a best or in a redraft fantasy league. All right, that does it for the QB position. Let's go ahead and talk about some running backs. So last season for the Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook, a guy who had been productive, has shown explosiveness in his NFL career, but had just really been hampered by injuries at the early onset of his career. He played all 17 games in 2022, and it wasn't his most productive season. He finished his running back 14 in fantasy points per game. Now, he was a bit of a bell cow back last season. He ranked fifth among all running backs in snap share and opportunity share, but only ninth in weighted opportunities. Remember, weighted opportunities weighs a target more than a rush attempt because naturally targets lend themselves to more fantasy points because of you know, PPR rules. So Dalvin Cook was targeted 56 times, which ranked 15th among running backs. But still, you're looking at a guy that, you know, is in the top 10 in every major workload category for every running back. In terms of a week-to-week basis, Dalvin Cook showed upside. He had nine weekly top 20 finishes, but two of those nine were top three running back finishes for the week. So he basically had nine pretty solid weeks and then two ceiling weeks for you last season with um, eight weeks being outside of the weekly top 20. Now, in case you did not know, Dalvin Cook is not a Minnesota Viking. He actually has not been signed yet. So this is not about Dalvin Cook. This is about what can happen for a Vikings running back. And right now that Vikings running back is Alexander Madison. So Alexander Madison, first things first, I always got him confused with Dalvin Cook when they played together. Like, they look alike, they run alike, they both were single-digit numbers. I could never tell them apart. So now it's kind of comforting knowing that, hey, it's only Alexander Madison there. Like, I don't know if there's a starter and backup combination in the NFL that look more alike than Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Maybe Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley. But anyway, that's for another place. So Alexander Madison is looking to be the Vikings starting running back next season. In his last three seasons in Minnesota, thanks to Dalvin Cook being injured or being rested, Alexander Madison has started for six games in those three seasons. In those six games, Madison averaged 22.65 fantasy points per game, and he was a top 10 weekly running back in five of those six games. The worst performance that he had was running back 16. So pretty much every time he started, Madison's been a success. Like that's that goes without saying. Like, that's just, those numbers are outstanding. If you could keep that up for a full season, he would obviously be a top 10 running back. However, here's the concern. His efficiency numbers, such as yards created, yards after contact, and yards per carry, they all rank below league average. In fact, some of them rank near the bottom of eligible running backs in the league in the last three seasons. So, What I think you end up with with Alexander Madison is you end up with a guy who has all the opportunity in the world that if he gets the workload, yes, he has the chance to get it done. But because of his lack of efficiency, he's going to need the workload to get it done. So the bottom line, as we sit right now, August 3rd, 2023, for the Vikings running back situation, I am not convinced that the Vikings will not add another running back. Dalvin Cook is still a free agent. You still got Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, and Ezekiel Elliott all out there. If the Vikings do not add another running back, then Alexander Madison, very simply put, is a volume-based RB2 in fantasy football. He is a guy who is going to get all the volume in the world if he can stay healthy. 
And all that volume should lead it lead them to having a good season. In fantasy football, when you draft running backs, more often than not, you are chasing volume. Well, guess what? Alexander Madison should have the volume. He's not going to be as efficient of a runner as some other guys, notably like a Tony Pollard or a Brees Hall, whose fantasy points per touch are just insane. But even with the lack of efficiency, if he gets the volume, he's going to be a successful fantasy player. So Alexander Madison... Is my running back 20 heading into the 2023 season. Again, that is subject to change pending the Vikings making any roster moves at running back. We are also not really certain who Madison's backup is going to be. If we end up in a situation where uh, Ty Chandler or Dwayne McBride kind of shines in training camp or shines in the preseason or, and ends up taking passing down work away from Alexander Madison or goal line work away from Alexander Madison, then that's obviously going to eat into Madison's upside. But again, at this moment, it appears that Alexander Madison is in line for a huge workload. And if he gets that workload, he's a top 20 running back bar none. All right, that does it for the running back position. Let's go ahead and talk about some wide receivers. So with the Minnesota Vikings, the first wide receiver that you got to talk about is Justin Jefferson, which, by the way, talk about a franchise that's had a great history of wide receivers. They went from Chris Carter to Randy Moss, and now they got, you know, they had Stephon Diggs for a few years, and now they got Justin Jefferson. They've been really blessed in that category. Anyway, Justin Jefferson finished last season as wide receiver one overall and wide receiver two in fantasy points per game. Little known fact, Cooper Cup was wide receiver one in fantasy points per game, even though he only played nine games. Now, Jefferson led the league in total targets, but ranked seventh in the league in target share. Translation, the volume in his offense was incredible. Like Because the Vikings passed the ball so many times, yeah, he got the total targets, but in terms of percentage of those passing plays, that's how he still ranked seventh in target share. Because there were more plays, he had less of a percentage. I hope the math there makes sense. Now, Jefferson also led the league in pretty much every relevant receiving statistic. He led the league in catches, yards, and yards after the catch. He was just absolutely incredible last season. On a week-to-week basis, he also was incredible. He was like an absolutely elite best ball player last season. And he was an absolutely elite DFS player last season. He had nine weekly top five finishes. That means that more than half of last year, Justin Jefferson was a top five receiver. Like more than half the weeks. That's just an incredibly consistent total. Like that doesn't happen very often. And he also had 11 finishes in the top 20. And however, he did have some valleys though. There, there were some, there were some peaks and valleys. He did finish with five finishes outside the weekly top 40. So you did get your boom weeks with Justin Jefferson. You did get your bust weeks with Justin Jefferson. But the bottom line is, is that there were more booms than bust. And those booms allowed him to be the most productive wide receiver in fantasy football last season. I also think it's worth noting, we're going to talk about this on the tight end section, that Minnesota traded for TJ Hawkinson midway through the year. Jefferson's production, I don't think there's enough information to make a determination either way that Hawkinson helped or hurt Justin Jefferson. When you look at the defenses that they were going up against and compare the points per game averages, I think that Hawkinson didn't really affect Justin Jefferson's fantasy output. Now, the other Vikings receivers we got to talk about also, there are still some other guys on the roster. Other Vikings receivers last year totaled eight weekly top 20 finishes. It's not bad. That means pretty much when you take in Justin Jefferson's and the other Vikings receivers, it averages out to there's at least one Vikings receiver in the top 20 every single week, which makes them a very elite offense to stack in best ball leagues, in my opinion. Now, Adam Thielen operated as the slot last year in Minnesota, and he finished as wide receiver 33 overall and wide receiver 41 in fantasy points per game. And this comes directly after, like, this was 
a bad season for Adam Thielen. It comes directly after finishing as wide receiver 14 in fantasy points per game in 2021 and wide receiver 11 in the same category in 2020. So the last three seasons, he went from 11 to 14 to 41 in fantasy points per game. It's a little bit of a drop-off. Now, Adam Thielen also still saw incredible volume. He ranked second in the league in routes run and fifth in the league in red zone targets, while only being 29th in total targets with only a 17% target share. So the amount of volume in this passing offense really made Adam Thielen a viable fantasy wide receiver. And in case you did not know, Adam Thielen is now a Carolina Panther. He is not a Minnesota Viking anymore. So who is going to fill in that role and get the Thielen targets and the Thielen opportunities? Well, could it be KJ Osborne, who finished last season as wide receiver 51 in fantasy points per game, while ranking 13th overall in routes run and 45th in targets on only a 14% target share? Translation, KJ Osborne was out on the field a lot. Minnesota ran a lot of 11 personnel with Hawkinson at tight end and three receivers, and those three receivers were usually Jefferson, Thielen, and Osborne. So K.J. Osborne, out on the field a lot, didn't really do as much with it as you would like to see, but he's out there. Now, it's also worth noting the Vikings drafted Jordan Addison out of USC in the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft. I think that is a very solid pickup for them. When you look at what Justin Jefferson does well, which is just this explosive, deep threat who can also make contested catches and just has an incredible catch radius that if you really want to cover, you're going to have to devote extra attention to. When you look, when you think about that as Justin Jefferson's skill set, Jordan Addison is the perfect complement coming out of USC. Jordan Addison is great at release off the line. He is a great route runner, and he is a great sure-handed receiver. So you've got Mr. Explosive over here, Justin Jefferson, and then you've got Mr. I'm going to win one-on-ones and catch the football in Jordan Addison. So you've got the explosiveness and you've got the sure-handedness in those two guys. I think he's a perfect complement. I think Jordan Addison, even if he doesn't line up in purely the slot position like Adam Thielen did, I think Jordan Addison can really take on the role as the wide receiver too in this offense. And I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think he's in line for a lot of production. Now the Vikings, it is worth noting, had the second most total targets to wide receivers last season out of any team in the league. So we know Justin Jefferson is going to be getting some of them. Whether it's Addison, Osborne, or somebody else, there's a lot of opportunity out there for some other Vikings receivers to have a good season. So the bottom line for the Vikings wide receivers is that Justin Jefferson is the league-wide wide receiver one for the 2023 season. Jordan Addison is a high upside pick because of not only the schematic situation he's in being alongside Jefferson, but the volume of this passing offense as well. I think Addison's got a lot of upside. I think KJ Osborne is a high floor bench target target in fantasy leagues, redraft fantasy leagues, that is. I think he's a guy you can draft and use him to fill in on a bye week, you know, use him in a pinch. You know, he's a guy that he's going to be out on the field in a high volume passing offense. He, he might not, you know, wow you any one particular week, but he's a guy that's going to be out there. He's going to see plenty of routes run. He's going to see some targets. And, and I think that's worth something in fantasy football. So in the rankings, Jefferson is my wide receiver one, Addison is my wide receiver 36, and KJ Osborne is my wide receiver 71. Now let's go ahead and talk about the tight end position. So TJ Hawkinson finished last season as tight end two overall and tight end four in fantasy points per game. Hawkinson ranked as tight end three overall and in fantasy points per game after being traded to the Minnesota Vikings before their week nine game. So if you look at whole last season for Hawkinson, tight end two. Look at just the time he was in the Vikings uniform, tight end three. It's pretty consistent. 
It's pretty solid. Hawkinson ranks second among all tight ends and targets and fifth among all tight ends and target share. And what I also like looking at is you get some tight ends that can be kind of touchdown dependent or, you know, kind of situational dependent. Hawkinson was not that. Expected fantasy points per game kind of regresses all that out and gives you a number, you know, that would kind of be an average depiction of what that guy should have done last season. And TJ Hawkinson ranked third among all tight ends in expected fantasy points per game. I really do like that for TJ Hawkinson. So the bottom line for the tight end position for the Minnesota Vikings is that TJ Hawkinson is in his own tier at tight end. To me, he is behind Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews quite clearly, but he's also quite clearly significantly ahead of all the other tight ends in fantasy football. Like I'm at a point where in my drafts now, if I can get Andrews or Kelsey or Hawkinson, I do it. If not, I'm waiting a long time. I, I think there is a pretty significant gulf right now between Hawkinson and the next group of tight ends. And so TJ Hawkinson is my tight end three for the 2023 season. All right, that does it for the Minnesota Vikings 2023 fantasy football team preview. If you're watching on YouTube and you like what you saw today, please hit the like button and please hit the subscribe button. You'll be notified when new episodes drop. Like the less the rest of our 32 NFL team previews, like all of our other season-long fantasy football content, and like our golf and college football content as well. If you're listening to the podcast on audio form, please rate and review. If you wanted to give best ball a shot, give it a shot on Underdog. You can use my pro to mconley88. You get your first deposit matched up to $100. And lastly, if you want to see all this information all these rankings for all 32 NFL teams, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. The ranks and the draft guide are available on there. It's $3 a month. You can cancel anytime. You can just, you know, use this for your drafts, cancel it, and it's much cheaper than other premium fantasy sites or cheaper than buying a magazine or something like that. All right, you guys made it this far. Hopefully I was able to help you Um, help give you some good information on where and when to draft these Vikings players. Thank you guys for watching or listening. Next episode is going to be the Detroit Lions, which should be a fun one. Thank you guys for watching and listening. I will see you next time.